Yeah, if you're drinking in Edmonton, you definitely came out ahead in the Rwandan genocide. So you want to start the podcast or what? Nope. Okay, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the podcast. Your parents watched this, the official podcast of the suffrage movement. Yep. I'm branding us as that now. Yeah, why not? This Nobody podcast, else has taken that. This podcast is sponsored by Nellie McClung. This podcast is sponsored by Roe v. Wade. Thank you guys for listening. The official podcast of non-segregation. <laughs> <laughs> the, the official anti-segregation. Yeah, the pod. official podcast of an integrated South. Welcome back. I'm Kian Beatty. This is Brad Semituck. And uh, we're proponents of the five-fifths compromise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry about that, everybody. We should mention... Uh, this podcast is sp- uh, brought to you by Comedy Here Often. Yeah, hey, this is a big announcement. This is the yeah. first episode of our podcast while we're with the network, baby. We've signed. We're signed. We're with the big time Comedy Here Often, an imprint of uh, 604 Records, which is, get this, Chad Kroger's record label. You heard it here first, folks. We are label mates with Chad himself and Carly Rae Jepsen, Canadian icon. Absolutely. Call Me Maybe and Nickelback. Those are the two things that we're label mates with. Yeah. And you can, that's you can call Carly Ray Jepsen maybe you can call me and Brad definitely we yes. are please talk to us give us a f- <laughs> give us a call on the official podcast line it's yeah. a burner phone I'm gonna put our phone numbers on our podcast Instagram can so. you put our phone numbers on the screen just really fast yeah <laughs> yeah true fans will text us we're gonna add our phone numbers into the pod on post if you're one of our 22 listeners from India I want you to uh, text us do we have 22 listeners from India yeah damn. Yeah, we should cover something Bollywood. <laughs> we've got some listeners in weird places. <laughs> I think we've got like one Kazakh listener also. Really like to see that. Shout out to all the foreign nationals listening to the yeah, podcast. Shout out to our man abroad in Sweden. Shout out to the one person who keeps listening to our podcast via their smart home system. Uh, really appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> Forcing their family to listen to our <laughs> podcast. Thank you for filling our home or your home with my uh, awful laugh. Yeah, that really, uh, uh, you know, sometimes when I edit the podcast, I cut your laugh like in half. Oh, I cut our my laugh out (laughs) for sure. That's I've cut I'll cut minutes of my laugh out of this podcast, bro. It makes it way more listenable. Absolutely. It does. Uh, what are we covering this week, huh? Uh, this week we're doing Murphy's Law. A, uh, I should fucking check what year this movie came out. Okay. Well, shout out to Comedy Here Often. They're a good podcast label based out of Vancouver. Yeah. They sponsor a lot of different good Canadian podcasts. Yeah, check out uh, Dead Baby Bear Podcast with podcast with Kathleen McGee and Sean LaComber, uh, two of the funniest comedians in Edmonton. What's the name of Bobby Warner's podcast? Yeah, che- I was just going to say. So check out uh, So You Ruined the Party Again. Yes, So Bobby You Ruined Warner. the Party again Bobby Warner we met them they're good yep okay uh this week we're covering Murphy's Law the 1986 Charles Bronson uh police masterpiece police Mm -hmm. revenge masterpiece Uh, a movie about a police officer fighting the police force and winning yeah can I uh can I do a little uh summary for this bad boy yeah hit me with it okay so Jack Murphy is uh an alcoholic cop uh, he's a man who, you know, he's not really liked, but you fucking bet he's respected on the force. You know, yeah. this is a dude who gets shit done. Uh, he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have any uh, family. He doesn't need it because he's a cop. Yeah, he, didn't and com- he didn't sign up for this job to make friends, did he? Absolutely not. No. Only friend he has, Bradley, is the bottle. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, a woman he put away a long time ago uh, is out now again on parole, and she's trying to frame him for murder. After being arrested by his former brothers in blue, Murphy has no choice but to escape jail, steal a helicopter, and prove his innocence. Amen. Sometimes you got to do that, brother. Sometimes that's all you can do. And unfortunately for Charles Bronson, it seems like a situation he's in all too often. Yeah, I remember one time in high school, someone spread a rumor about me, and that's exactly what I did. Yeah, that's all you can do. I flew a helicopter into their parents' house. And I shot like nine people to prove my innocence of not killing that other person. I didn't commit murder. I really like that. Like That's how he uh, proves his innocence in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's by murder. It's like, I didn't kill those two people. I'll prove that by killing ten people. Yep. I don't care how many people I have to kill <laughs> to prove my innocence. Ten wrongs make two rights. That's <laughs> what I say. <laughs> uh, anyway, you want to start breaking this bad boy down? Because this shit is stupid from the start. Yeah, let's dissect it like a frog. I wrote... <laughs> <laughs> let's dissect it like the neighbor's cat. Put your scalpel on the initial incident and trace it down to the denouement. Okay, well, the problem with uh, following that structure is this movie does it badly <laughs> they really don't explain what it's about until you're like a half hour into it yeah it's like no rising like you think you know whatever okay so like the first fucking five seconds of the movie mm -hmm. it's uh some lady like trying to steal cars in a parking lot she steals uh charles bronson's car which is probably the worst fucking car this bitch could take yeah she really fucked up with that move yeah and we see charles bronson just uh an <laughs> the oldest I've ever seen him. Yeah. He's got like fucking gray hair now. He's looking rough from Death Wish. He honestly looked the exact same to me. He, I thought he he's looked still like the same style of suit and shit. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, okay, yes, he's still got an old weird body, but now his hair is a little grayer, and he has a like a real old man for because like the first line in this movie, he sounds like a straight up old man. She's like stealing his car. He's like, "Hey, stop that!" And then he just starts like <laughs> sprinting after her, like like a fucking twenty five year old man yeah, yeah, yeah. who sounds like he's on the edge of death. Yeah, uh, he's like wheezing. You can hear the hole in his Please give me my car, And so she's like driving away. He's got a bag full of groceries. He hucks it all at the driver's side, uh, yep. like the front window, so she can't see. <laughs> and I don't know why that, like, that's his move, is to put everyone else in danger now. She's like <laughs> weaving all over the place. Pedestrians are like diving out of the way. He's if like, anyone, maybe this wasn't such a great idea. If anyone ever steals my car, what I'm going to do is uh, pour liquor down their throat <laughs> yeah. so they can't drive away well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i want to i want to put everyone else in danger i want to <laughs> he's gonna go off the road and kill a mom and her kid and that's how we're gonna catch him yep and then he's gonna go to jail for two things yep that's called the wombo combo that's, that's called, called the law baby <laughs> welcome to the fucking law that's called good police work but yeah so she just fucking she can't see so she like drives into a cafe like mm. breaks the window it's a miracle she didn't kill several people yeah and bronson's just like i got you bitch <laughs> and then he doesn't though she runs away i think yeah she, she escapes Oh, actually, no. Uh, yeah, she she like takes off into an alley. Yeah, they're like running after her. It's a foot race now, and uh, she's about to hop a fence, and Bronson's like freeze. Yeah, and instead uh, of pulling her down off the fence, which seemed pretty easy, he yeah. just shoots his gun in the <laughs> air. Yeah, immediately, like he tells her to freeze, but it seemed like he was doing it very quietly. Yeah, so that she didn't hear him, and he could like use force if he's like, he stopped that. Do you, do you think that's what cops in America do? What Stop do you think or they're I'll doing? Shoot. Yeah. 
Hands up. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, resisting arrest? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it was. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, it, it, I guess it's very progressive of him to shoot a woman. Or it's to almost shoot a woman. Progressive of him to not shoot a woman. It would be regressive if he shot a woman. No, I would say for, it's Charles Bronson, bro. Do you know how willing he is to shoot a man? I'm getting a call from our sponsors in the suffrage movement, and they're telling me they actually don't want to be shot. Well, listen up, you suffragettes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think a man like Charles Bronson, a man who's proven himself, he's only played a guy who's down to shoot people in all of his movie roles. Yeah. Uh, I think to not be a guy who's uh, or to be a guy who's not down to shoot women, I think that's misogynistic. You know what? This is a, a conservative straw man argument that you're making right now, and I disagree with. <laughs> okay, well, I think I think I think this is a man who uh, he treats people all the same. I'm not saying it's very good. In fact, he's shooting them a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> it's the same nonetheless. <laughs> I think personally that uh, you're only supposed to shoot men because they're the ones that do bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you got to shoot a bad girl too. Mm. <laughs> I mostly just spank them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's go. <laughs> Is that a good riff for the podcast? That's uh, all we got. It's <laughs> 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 all we can do. We postponed recording this because I was awake and didn't feel like a person for. Uh, 24 hours, and now I've been awake for 48 hours and <laughs> even worse, so <laughs> thank God we waited. I guess the moral of the story is let's just never postpone Yeah, let's recording. just keep fucking going. Let's just <laughs> believe in ourselves that we'll pull it out. Yeah. Anyway, he uh, does he end up booking her after that? Yeah, he takes her down to the station. He does, she yes. She calls him, uh, what does she call him, booger brain? and Booger brain, st- fart mouth. Stupid nuts and poop liquor that's the thing about this lady she has way too many insults and they're all horrible like i i would have been fine if she only said one insult for the whole movie as long as it was good but instead she calls everybody booger brain and like butt crust yeah like that like those are actual examples she'll do that or she'll be like you fucking homo like there's no (laughs) middle ground with her it's like childish insults or straight homophobia as soon as she called the first guy a homo, I was like, yeah, you probably should have shot her, dude. <laughs> yeah. Probably should have shot her in the head. Yeah, she's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Your instincts were right. Now that, you say, now that you say stuff like that, it's like no diplomatic immunity anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You've waived your right to a lawyer now. <laughs> You've waived your right to remain silent. <laughs> uh, yeah, the next scene is uh, it's uh, Charles Bronson doing some police work. It's him and his buddy. They pull up on... Uh, uh, a dead prostitute. She's been, um, you know, just fucking left in some sewer grate or whatever. Yep. And they're like j- hanging out. It's way too casual of a situation. Just two white guys hanging out. Uh, his uh, friend is uh, the other cop is like, you got to take care of yourself. You've really been on the fire water a lot lately. It's <laughs> like, who do you think you are? <laughs> Man, my favorite part about this scene, though, is uh, they're walking like down to the bottom of a bridge right they're like they park on a bridge and the bridge has a spiral staircase yeah <laughs> and it's like when have you ever just seen one of those in nature man yeah i love seeing a spiral staircase into a sewer like yeah <laughs> they were really making too much money in the 80s I did think. you know that if you pop the manhole off a sewer immediately underneath is a chandelier <laughs> yeah <laughs> you lift the chandelier out and go down <laughs> the diamond spiral staircase with crystal banister and then into you, the poop tunnel. Then you eat a pizza with the Ninja Turtles. Yep. And that's New York. 
<laughs> so yeah, he goes down. They find this dead bro- body, and he's like, "Oh, must be one of Anthony Cumia. I don't know the name. I'm using <laughs> Anthony Cumia from. <laughs> I'm using Anthony. Cumia. <laughs> <laughs> must be one of Anthony Cumio's girls. You know, the mob boss." <laughs> Yeah. And uh, that's when the mafia comes into this movie because it's not made in the 80s if there's no mafia. Yeah, the mafia really play a very small role in this movie. I thought the mafia was like the main bad guys for most of this film. They are not. Dude, every movie we've done, the mafia has been a B character in. Yeah, like it's a C, like they just have the. Mo- it's like Sopranos hasn't even come out yet, and they're just shoehorning the mafia into everything. <laughs> we really went into like two separate eras of the mafia just being in everything. The yeah. 90s was like a nice little breather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we had grunge. We had what was big on TV in the 90s? Charlie's Angels. We had grunge and secret agents, no and we didn't have to worry about fucking. <laughs> In the 90s, nobody watched TV shows. They were all watching Eminem music videos on Much. Yeah, we were all watching MTV. Everybody watched Video on Trial. (laughs) And they were like, holy fuck, these guys got some bits. And then reaction videos came out. They got it right. And we were like, "Uh, this is actually shitty, actually. Yeah, Yeah, we're going back to mob shit, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they pull up to to this mob guy having dinner with his uh, mom. Mm. And uh, <laughs> he intros the, uh, Charles Bronson just comes up behind him. He's like, so how's the cocaine business? Yeah. Which is like him trying to play hardball. But it's like if I was in that situation, I could see that just be me being like awkward and grasping for small talk. <laughs> like you ever talk to somebody who, you know, sells drugs and you're just like, so are we going to call each other bro over and over while we laugh? Or you got are we some gonna... ounces on you? Or... <laughs> <laughs> you going to tell me a story about a time you abused a junkie? Or <laughs> yeah. are we going to giggle and say bro too much? Yeah, what kind of... That's, that's what talking to drug dealers is like. <laughs> you sell a lot of blow the other day? How's business? <laughs> like, and then he's like, so how's the cocaine business? And also, how's your brother, this stupid pimp? Yeah. The pimp who owns people. Anyway, by the way, I'm about to fucking bust him. He like shows him the warrant. He's like, yeah. you should tell him to just turn himself in because uh, we got him by the balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that kind of cop confidence. Like these days, the FBI won't even comment on a case like if it's in progress. But back <laughs> then, they just go to the criminal's brother and be like, yeah, we're about to catch that bitch. So uh, yeah, if you want to make it easy on us. If I ever get a rival, I'm going to go talk to his brother about that, too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If I ever get a rival, I'm gonna start calling his mom and telling him that it's his time's up. So your brother stole one of my jokes, huh? So <laughs> he's like, I'm working right now. <laughs> I'm at Tim Hortons making coffees. Yeah, so tell him to look out. <laughs> tell him to watch out for me. Next time your brother comes in for a double double, tell him to fucking uh, think twice. So yeah, now we meet the villain who's like a lady villain, which is you know cool and progressive. She gets off. Uh, the bus from jail makes some yeah. calls. She meets up with, uh, I guess you assume like he's a private investigator. They don't really go into it, but he's wearing a trench coat. So I don't know what you want me to assume. Yeah. Yeah. That's a PI if I ever see. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, she, he like sells her a list of like names and addresses of uh, you, they don't explicitly go into this. I had to watch this movie twice before any of this made sense, mm. but it's like a list of all the people who sent her off to prison initially. And, uh, she gets that, and then uh, he's like, oh, you got to give me $2,000. And she's like, open your mouth and say, ah, and then she just shoots him. Yeah, which is like, that's a creative way to kill somebody. I've it's never a very, seen a man kill someone in a cooler way than that. Yeah, it's a very girl boss move. Respect yeah. that. <laughs> it's very girl boss. This movie taught our moms that they can fight back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, this is this is the official movie of the suffragette movement. My mom watched this movie, and that's why she threatens to get a divorce every time my parents fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom watched this movie, and that's why she keeps tell or trying to shoot my dad in the mouth. After watching this movie, our moms realized they could just go to Vegas like four times a year and don't even have to be home. <laughs> that's not what this movie's <laughs> about. That doesn't happen in this movie. Yeah, yeah, but it taught them. My that. mom watched this movie and started thinking about something else halfway through. <laughs> My mom watched this movie, got distracted, started Googling cheap vacations, <laughs> and uh, that's what it taught our parents. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so she shoots him in the mouth, gets blood on her face. I really like how much blood gets splashed on this lady's face. It kind of does something for me. Did blood get splashed on her face? Oh, you didn't notice that? I didn't explicitly notice that, no. That was big for you? Yeah, it was huge. Blood on women? Yeah, I didn't mean to bring this to a horny spot, but... uh no, I just I think it's just it says a lot about what what's horny for you if you're like yeah I saw this broad it was covered in blood and it really uh, yeah but like another person's blood that's not what her the blood. key was yeah yeah like she has to be okay <laughs> <laughs> that's Brad's fetish is a woman who's okay <laughs> <laughs> okay but covered in blood <laughs> who's okay but looks like she's not that's a healthy bloodbath that's what <laughs> <Yeah>. I like yeah. <laughs> I need a girl who takes her vitamins and also commits murder. So we cut back to uh, old fucking Charlie Bronson. He's uh, back at work. And uh, you, you remember I said before he's not liked, but he's respected? Absolutely. Well, now I'm starting to wonder if that was true when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, some guy, uh, like one of his coworkers, comes up to him. And it's just like, like seemingly from out of nowhere. Because they don't explain to you that... His wife is a stripper yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just, just some dude comes up to him and is just like, oh, I bet your wife's titties taste excellent. Uh, or like, do your he wife... Said, uh, do I your saw wi- your wife at the club last night. Great tits. Do they taste as good as they look? Is what he said. Yeah. And Something also, about how they taste. Which, who's taste and titties? I don't know. Who's doing that as like a cat call? That's like outing yourself as something, you know, is like, you know, you've got something weird going on with you. I spend way too much time on the nipple. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pussy. I love I love uh, spending too much time on the nipple. Hey, what's up? I was looking at just your wife's nipples last night. Hey, uh, I'm a big hickey guy, so <laughs> fuck you, dude. But I think this part of the movie taught our dads that uh, if you ever get left by your wife, do not admit it. Yeah, never tell anyone. Keep like, pretending you're still married. Because when I played hockey, there was a couple like kids' dads who got left in the middle of the season, and they would <laughs> never say, and they would never like acknowledge it. They would just come to games smelling like liquor all of a sudden. <laughs> and I think really like this Charles Bronson arc is exactly the same arc as every divorced hockey dad. Yeah, absolutely. Because they just try to do their job, and then everybody notices that they're fucked, and then they keep getting fucked. <laughs> yeah, and then they keep getting made fun of. Nobody takes them seriously, and it's a dark hole until they get framed for murder. Yeah. I had a coach who was like that. Who got framed for murder? No, who uh, got way too drunk on the job all the time. <laughs> like you could, you could tell when he was hammered at games because he'd be on the bench like calling our team pussies. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I, uh, I was playing hockey and I got hit uh, like real hard. And then I, I was like on the bench. I was like, I'm going to fucking go rock that guy because I was like, I had a vendetta, you know, against. OK, yeah, you know me when someone wrongs me, I go crazy. Yeah, Brad does go crazy. It's hilarious. And so. Uh, yeah, so I was on the bench talking shit, and then the as soon as I was about to go out, the coach was like, if you don't get that guy, that means you're a fucking pussy. Like, so loud. <laughs> so loud. My parents were like, after the game, they were like, so when the coach yelled, was he talking to you? 
<laughs> it was crazy, man. And you could just like smell the whiskey on his breath. So yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, Charles Bronson is every hockey dad. Yeah. So if you're an unhappy wife, uh, wait until the end of the season yeah. before you divorce your husband. Leave your husband in summer, lady. What are you doing? <laughs> we were trying to win that. We didn't win minor hockey week because his wife left him and he didn't know how to coach us anymore. I wish I played hockey just because of the unhappier marriages. Like I played indoor soccer. Yeah. Let me tell you, a lot of happy marriages in, in, in the indoor really? soccer game. My favorite part about I thought it was all kids sports, but I guess maybe it's just hockey. But my favorite part is how mad all the parents got like they all hated it and it made their lives way worse. And they resented their kids for making them spend so much money on it. <laughs> but they would go to every game still <laughs> and they would just scream at the ref. God damn. I love that. Maybe were you playing in like a hot like a good league or something? No. Okay, because me neither. I thought that was maybe what the difference was. I was that... middle of the road house league. Yeah, I was like, I was, you know, I'd say for uh, for like young, when I was younger playing soccer, we were like middle of the road, closer to the top. And then I switched teams because it got too hard. Yeah. And I went to middle of the road, closer to the bottom. I was always like, the, the way hockey works is there's a double A, triple A, those are the best ones. And then there's eight tiers. And I was always like two to four. Yeah, okay. So I was like, fine, but there was no reason for anyone to think their kid like needed this for yeah, their life. Yeah, to think know? that this is like, they need to do well on this so they make their living in the NHL later. But it was crazy, because there would always be dads that would come in, we were like 13, they still had to tie their kids' skates, and for some <laughs> reason this didn't tell them that their kid was never going <laughs> pro. And they would come into the dressing room after we lost, and they would just be like, I can't believe you fucking gave up out there. You have the skills to win this by yourself. <laughs> like, there would always be dads shitting on the whole team to their kid in front of the whole team i remember i'd hear stuff from that from my dad because like i suck shit at soccer to the point where my dad hired a private soccer coach to try and get me better at <laughs> soccer and like it just didn't work that's that dick cheney money baby <laughs> yeah that uh, dick tried to get me soccer lessons <laughs> your dad hired George dick w. cheney Bush yeah as your soccer dick coach. cheney much like the iraq war dick cheney was pulling the strings behind my soccer career <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah, it just didn't work. And like my dad would like try and hype me up. He'd be like, dude, I, I've seen what you can do. It's like, do it. It's like, no, you don't know how tired I get. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know how bad I am at kicking that ball, father. <laughs> I know you love me, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. It's just Charles Bronson looks and acts exactly like almost every sad hockey dad I ever met. Well, and I, I, the, his, at that point in the movie, his boss takes him like aside into the office and I think reveals to him that actually everyone's a sad hockey dad because <laughs> he's just like, hey, listen three quarters of the guys here are divorced like you gotta hold oh, it man. down yeah that was them dropping like a cop statistic in because he was like 75 percent of all police officers are divorced is that a true cop statistic i don't know but i do know that sounds like it would be i do know that uh probably like 60 percent are domestic abusers <laughs> yeah so i would assume that the stats are pretty close but he like anyway i should have said he punches the guy who said his wife has delicious nipples right in the face yeah then his boss could take some aside and is like hey we're all divorced you gotta hold it down and then he's just like eh, get out of here or get the hell out of here which <laughs> i feel is like the 40 year old man version of boys will be boys yeah, yeah yeah well that's the man version of someone trying to empathize with you you know 
Yeah, where it's just saying, like, I would have kicked that guy's ass also, but like we a, can't be doing that. Sometimes my dad will be with his with my uncle, and he'll, like, complain about something, and my uncle will try to relate, and then in the car after we leave, my dad will be like, that fucking pussy was trying to relate to me. He doesn't get what my life is like. <laughs> <laughs> this movie taught our dads that you are unique, and your situation is worse than everyone else's. Yeah, yeah. No matter uh, how many guys you're talking to in the exact same position. Yeah. You are special. They don't get how you feel about it, though. Yeah, they don't get how hard you particularly have it. Yeah. (laughs) And I honestly act like that, too. So this movie has taught two generations of men, at least, (laughs) that we have it the worst out of anyone in the world. (laughs) Uh, Right after that, they end up picking up uh, the mobster's brother, who they mentioned that they had him by the balls at the beginning of the movie. They uh, do an airport chase scene. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because it plays into two... um, it's really unimportant for pretty much the entire movie, apart from setting in motion a B-plot, which is unimportant for the rest of the movie. <laughs> uh, only reason I'm bringing this up is that it plays into two overarching themes that we cover on our podcast, which is the bad guy mullet theme. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and Because uh, this bad guy is a spectacular mullet. <laughs> and uh, briefcase gun. As he's running through the airport, this guy pulls out a briefcase, and guess what's in there, bitch? A gun, baby. Gun. Loose I know, gun in the briefcase. Uh, I won't. It actually was not loose. This was a secured gun in the briefcase. Oh shit! So you know, he took a he, he took an idea from. Uh, I think you you know we can assume this guy's a fan of the podcast. Yep. He heard our riff on it, and yep. uh, he chose to adapt it into a much more uh, you know. He punched up class of 1984, baby. Punched up class of 1984 to sneak a air- uh, pistol into an airport. I still talk about how good that movie was. Yeah, it's not, and you shouldn't. You should keep that shit to yourself. It's better than <laughs> anything Tarantino made. Yeah, I mean, just because that's true doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> just because it's the best movie we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Just because it's the best movie out of the nine that I've seen doesn't mean it's the best movie. A girl on Instagram the other day was like, hey, what movie should I watch? And I was like, you should watch Enter the Ninja. And she was like, that movie was excellent. And I'm like, yeah, you should check out my podcast. I did on <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening, babe. Oh, we shouldn't call them babes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, madam. sweetheart. Don't do that. Either. That's Come on, man. This is the official podcast of the suffrage movement. And you're making them suffer more. <laughs> sweetheart. Thanks for all the, thanks to all the fellas and the sweethearts to listen to our podcast. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Just for the record, I don't think you guys are sweethearts. I think you're women. I think you're sweethearts and I think you should smile more. I think you're all beautiful. Damn. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> this movie taught our parents that all women are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> god damn dude i love women (laughs) yeah they were pretty good i'm so glad they have rights (laughs) i had a girl over last night and i was like hey i just wanted to let you know that i'm like glad you can vote (laughs) just talking about the other day i'm glad you have a say in the election yeah me and my boys were hanging out we were discussing how (laughs) sick it is you guys can uh, express your opinions I think it's tight that I don't have to pay your dad in goats for your company. <laughs> love that I don't have to pay a dowry on you anymore. <laughs> I love that your role's been expanded outside of the home. You know what I think is sick? The fact that I'm not 42 and you're not 13. <laughs> I think that's dope. <laughs> I think it's cool that a couple of 20-year-olds can just hang out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shout out to the suffrage movement for that. 
But yeah. Anyway, so Charles Bronson shoots that guy dead. That was like the pimp brother of the other of the mobster. And then the mobster ends up just like swearing vengeance on Charles Bronson. And that was probably the most confusing part of this movie because I straight up like we said before that there's a lady who's framing Charles Bronson Mm -hmm. and they really don't make that clear enough. And they go over the top to make it clear that the mobster is the one framing Charles Bronson. I just misunderstood this movie for the whole time I was watching it because of this scene. But I think that's the misdirect because Charles Bronson is running around for the rest of the movie thinking the mob is after him that's true but i don't i okay yes you're right it is supposed to be a misdirect but like it just confused me you can't misdirect me like that without giving me the you know have you ever considered that uh maybe you're not like intelligent enough to get it I think, if anything, I'm too smart for this movie. This movie is kind of like Rick and Morty. Like, there's a certain degree of intelligence you have to have to understand the comedy in it. uh, Okay, so after that, we cut to a strip club. Now we finally found out that Charles Bronson's wife is a stripper, but not until about five minutes into this goddamn scene. Yeah. It's like, there's like, you know, it's just a pointless dance sequence, which we, you know, we love that here on this show. That's a very vital part in all of our movies. Yeah, we're big thong guys. Yeah, huge thong guys, huge on song and dance sequences that really don't come back around at all. Yep. And so that's what we have, just a way too long uh, stripping sequence while Charles Bronson just looks miserable in the back of a strip club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, he looks like how I feel in every strip club yeah, I've been to. Just pissed off looking fucking like just he, like he just looks bored at her. Yeah. I hate going to... I go on my phone. Like I've only been to two, but I go on my phone every time. <laughs> uh, and then after the dance, like that stripper comes back around like, to Charles Bronson. I assume to be like, hey, what the fuck? Like, Did you not like my nips? Yeah, hey, why are you being not horny right now? Yeah, seriously. Why do you look so sad and have no boner? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm at work. Why are you not embarrassing yourself by yelling, a woo guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Where are your heart eyes? Uh uh, but and then you just find out that it's like his ex-wife, yep, and that she's uh, banging uh, the manager there, and Charles Bronson's very down about it. And like, I don't know why you would go to the strip club to watch that happen. Yeah, if you knew your wife worked at a strip club, you would probably avoid it. Yeah, unless you had like a good marriage, and then you'd be there all the time supporting. Yeah, I mean, and that would be beautiful if that was the case. But like, I mean, Charles Bronson doesn't have the emotional capacity to just be a cop and not go crazy all the time. I don't think he has the <laughs> capacity to, you know, let other dudes see his wife naked and also be a cop on top of that. Yeah. But if there's any ladies listening, I'm de- I'm down to let other guys see you naked. Do you think this movie taught our dads that that's not okay? Like, that's why there's a stigma against dating strippers. Yeah, I think, uh, I, th- I really think if we had, like, a string of, mo- of movies in the 80s where it w- wasn't about guys getting wildly protective over their, you know, women, uh, it would have been a lot fucking uh, better to be a dude now. I would have been way more secure with myself, I'll tell you that. Yeah, like this movie and probably like every other one that was ever made before 2010 taught dads to be like uh, not let anyone look at their wife ever. Yeah, I think that's wrong. I think if you got a hot wife, you should let the whole world enjoy that. Yeah, if you're dating someone hot, there's no fucking point to not brag about Yeah, that. don't cover that shit up. If Just... I ever date someone hot, I'm posting pictures of their titties on my Instagram. Yeah, seriously. Look I want at... my boys to know. Check out these titties. They taste excellent. <laughs> <laughs> but so at, like right after that, he um he meets like uh you're, you know, he finds out that his ex-wife is dating like the club manager. And uh, she tells him to, like, get lost or whatever. So he just, like, goes in his car, waits for them to leave, and then follows them home and just, like, 
follows them back to their place and watches them like go into their house and you know be horny and happy together yeah and i just feel like do you think that's like the 70s version of like looking at your ex's girlfriend when she gets a new boyfriend and just like being sad yeah it's the old version of creeping their instagram it absolutely is just following them home (laughs) (laughs) and being heartbroken in your car he's just like sitting in his car drinking and then driving home perfectly you know like that's that's, real problematic for quite a few reasons yeah he's a cop doing that i mean like i feel like if he wasn't a cop that would have been like you know the part he would have like crashed doesn't he he like go arrest someone right after too he's like he's currently working he well no he like goes home and then the next oh. scene after that is uh it's the whole it's the market chase yeah which you we, we should talk about that so like we find the girl who uh, tried to break into his house at the beginning of the movie she's at the market he chases her down and he like chases her through the market into the bathroom stall and she escapes him by running into the women's bathroom and crawling underneath the stall like not opening a door yeah getting onto the floor of the bathroom and like pulling herself well, do you know why she did that? No. Because the bathroom stall doors had this thing on it that said pay stall 10 cents. Oh. Which it's like, when have you ever in your life seen a bathroom where they're like, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a gratuity. It's going to cost you. You want to piss in this urinal? Mm, fork over some cash. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what bathroom attendants are for now. Yeah, except you can just walk right past those. I never do. Oh, I always do. If your job is to stand in a bathroom for eight hours, you deserve my money more than I do. No, fuck that, bro. If your job is to do a worse job at letting me wash my hands than me, (laughs) fuck, I'm not tipping you so I can use less uh, paper towel than I wanted to when I got in here. My favorite thing is when they squirt the soap in your hands. Oh yeah, it's like I couldn't use this automatic dispenser that's right next to you. You <laughs> yeah. wanted me to. You wanted me to use that bottle of soft soap you've been carrying around. Thank you for getting into my personal space. I would like to give you money now. Thanks for doing nothing for me and making my bathroom experience worse. Yeah. Why are they here? Yeah, it's like only so you don't moan while you shit. It's just so you don't do blow in the bathroom. Oh yeah, I guess that's. That's what it the is. only reason why. Damn. I th- I think I feel like I've really missed out a lot by not being a guy who does drugs in bathrooms. I think I've missed out on a whole culture. You're still young. Yeah, I don't feel like getting into it. I'm, I'm a sh- doing drugs in the alley type of guy. <laughs> 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 We're two different worlds, you know? <laughs> Just can't relate to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he chases her into the bathroom. But and, and and so he he like walks into the girl's washroom, no problem. Uh, everyone's freaking out. He walks right up to the door. He's like, "Open that up before I put a bullet through there." <laughs> <laughs> Just immediately threatens to shoot her, which I guess is better than uh taking out the gun and being like Pew, doing a fucking shot up in the air again. Yeah, but he's been really threatening to this lady the whole time. So I guess that's As why he she- would to any man, very uh, you know, egalitarian of him and he takes her out of the bathroom and i will say he abuses her the same as he would any man taking him into custody he like i guess she does try and kick him and call him booger face or whatever but he like throws her to the ground and (laughs) like fucking pushes her against the wall or whatever yeah i think this movie is just the police training video they're like, hey, every time, make sure you overreact. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, if you don't overreact, you're fired. Go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then when he tries to like book her, he takes her back into the jail, and she's just like, yeah, this guy uh, was beating me, and he tried to rape me. It's like yeah. 
he, you didn't need to lie about the second one. He was beating you. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. He already broke the law here, lady. Like <laughs> you're already fine. <laughs> That's like a, oh man, never mind. But I was going to do a Crystalia riff. <laughs> let's just leave that alone. And then the chief cop doesn't even like entertain her accusations. He just like looks at Charles Bronson. He's like, "Ah, oh, you really brought yourself in a live one today." He's like, "Oh, you're finally moving on from your wife, huh?" Yeah. And then she calls him a homo and we cut to the next scene, <laughs> <laughs> which is Charles Bronson back at the strip club. This is what you were talking about before. Like, I don't understand why he keeps coming to the strip club that he hates. He's just going there to miss his wife and get sad. Like, yeah. it's 70s Instagram all over again. And uh, we're just like watching him in the back. I'm confused as the viewer. His wife, equally confused, comes up to him and is like, why do you keep coming here? And he just waits for a second. He's like. You really look like a whore, don't you? And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's definitely problematic. We got to address that, I think. I mean, it's kind of just shitty to come into your wife's work and then call her that. And then her new boyfriend comes up and is like, hey, is there, like, a problem here? And he's like, only thing I know is that you look like a pimp and she looks like a whore. My ex works at a toy, sh- toy store and uh, I do that exact same thing, like, every weekend. <laughs> go down to the toy store and I'm like that long sleeve makes you look like a whore you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sweater you're wearing is real slutty to be honest <laughs> and your bald manager looks like a pimp <laughs> <laughs> you look like a minimum wage whore <laughs> you look like a seasonally employed whore right now your bald manager looks like the worst pimp I've ever <laughs> met in my life <laughs> you look like you're at a strip club for children <laughs> Okay, man. <laughs> strip club for children. It's Toys R Us. That's the subtitle of this episode. No, no, no. The kids aren't strippers. The <laughs> patrons are kids. It's okay. <laughs> we serve juice. <laughs> the kids are the Johns. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> the kids are buying the strip. It's empowering for them. <laughs> it teaches them the value of a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> strip club for kids. But not in the way you would expect. <laughs> and some strip clubs are for kids. You ever go to a strip club and they just don't ID you? <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, most of them. You, you ever be in a... I was, in, I was at a weed store and a liquor store the other day where I just had my ID out and they didn't ask for it. Yeah, nobody does that to me. I really like those situations. Some bars and some strip clubs don't ID me, but it's only because they don't have like enough staff to have <laughs> a bouncer. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just get in there and order a drink too quickly for them to ID you. Yeah, that'd be my move back when I was uh, y- uh, younger. Yeah, you taught me that, dude. Yeah, yeah. As <laughs> soon as you have a beer in your hands, no one wants to ID you. <laughs> I, w- I walked into a bar underage, and you're like, "Hey, man, I know you have braces, but if you just drink this Corona, you'll be fine." Yeah. <laughs> that was so eye-opening for me. <laughs> That's worked every like, time. You mean I'm allowed to be in here underage if I get hammered also? Yeah, that's the key. <laughs> no, <laughs> as long as you're already hammered, everyone's gonna just going to assume someone checked already. So if you're 17 years old, that's a good life hack for yeah, you. Yeah, for all our child listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We teach kids how to break the rules on this podcast. Yeah, we explain how to drink illegally and uh, get also, away with Also, if you uh, cover your Scantron in chapstick, it'll uh, break the machine and then everybody will get a, a passing grade. So Yeah, and also if you replace the barrel and the firing pin, you can... <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, if you guys ever go on the dark web, just uh, look for bins. That's what you're <laughs> looking for. Okay, so uh, after he <laughs> after he has his little outburst at his uh, wife's job, he goes back into his car, sits down in the driver's seat, and uh, someone fucking bonks him in the back of the head. Yep, pistol whips him, knocks that bitch out cold. Then um, it's it was the lady, like the escaped convict, who's framing him for murder. She drives his car to his wife's house. Uh, fucking, you know. Kills his wife and or kills his ex-wife and her current lover frames or uh, and then drives off, um, you know, framing him for murder. Yep, he gets fucking identified in the very next day. And it's like, how did they beat beat them to the apartment? He left and they were still in the strip club. And then when they got to the apartment, they were already home. I don't know, man. He's a strip club manager. You can assume he's making money. You can assume he's got a very fast car. Oh, that's true. He probably drives a Corvette. Yeah, it's I all about reading between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> that that editing inconsistency makes me think he must have a Lamborghini. Yeah, he bought one off screen. <laughs> <laughs> one can only assume. <laughs> man. Uh, but the, uh, So the cops fucking pick him up at his house, mm-hmm. uh, take him down to the station. And uh, Charles Bronson's just like, what? Obviously, I'm being set up, which I think is such a funny thing to obviously assume. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, what, what? What? someone's wife got shot. Like, isn't that protocol that it was, uh, you know, we were framed? My yeah. wife got shot. It was a hoax or whatever. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Come on, have, this, a, have my back. This is kind of like the most progressive part of the movie, right? Because uh, even in modern times, if a cop shot his wife, every other cop would be like, I know him. He's got a good character. Yeah, and honestly, his wife probably deserved it. She was a bit of a bitch. Well, she was a whore. So he, uh, <laughs> I just think it's so funny to be in an interrogation for your wife and just be confused. Like, why wouldn't you assume it's a setup? Like how we usually assume yeah, I know all my, of our friends are always innocent. I know I would, my car and gun and DNA were found at the scene, but obviously that just means somebody tricked me. Yeah. Uh, and then the cops are just like trying to like dogpiling on this sensitive man. They're just like, oh, I bet you caught her being double teamed and you murdered her, didn't you? Yeah. And I mean, that's a good analysis of what the police force is like. They just bully each other the whole time. Yeah, it's also a good... Uh, I mean, yes. And also, it's a good uh, description of what an interrogation is like, where you just make baseless accusations against a guy until he crumbles and admits to the crime he committed. Yeah. Whether he did or not, you know. But um, thank Christ that Bronson keeps his cool by... Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't start waterboarding. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But Bronson keeps his cool. Uh, how does he do that? He deflects it by uh, calling them both gay for each other. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, uh, they're like, uh, yeah, you're probably jealous of your wife getting fucked. And he's like, well, I noticed that you guys never fuck your wives. I noticed that you're probably too busy having sex with each other. How would you respond to that, officer homo? You guys ever wonder why I'm being interrogated by two boy cops right now? <laughs> because that's a little uh, spicy. What are you guys, gay? That's going to be my strategy if I ever get arrested. Accuse the cops of being gay for each other? Yeah, hey, I couldn't help but notice your partner's a boy. <laughs> you had life in front of that word and suddenly it means something else huh <laughs> so you're <laughs> and then they both beat the shit out of me <laughs> they uh, beat me up for obdru- obstruction of justice they are <laughs> husbands though you find out that later on they're a husband and husband interrogation duo <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be fun I don't want to be a cop but I do want to be an interrogator I don't want to be a cop but I do want to be a gay cop <laughs> 
Was I telling you that a while ago? I was looking up career paths to where I could interrogate criminals, but I didn't have to be a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any? No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> uh, it was that or federal employee, hmm. which, you know, whatever. A cab, am I right, fellas? Um, yeah, you are right. This movie started the A cab movement because of how mean these cops are to the other cops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, all these other cops are bastards. <laughs> That's what it stands for. <laughs> all these other cops except me are bastards. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, fucking Murphy gets sent to jail, and he's sent, or he's in the holding cell, uh, with none other, none other than uh, the girl that he arrested previously. Yeah. They're like fucking chained together, and uh, he immediately also calls her gay too. Uh, <laughs> these are two consecutive scenes where he's just like calling people gay, which like. It, you know he's had a tough night he's he's been arrested he's been sent to jail this movie is why guys in grade six used to think that was an argument ender yeah you know i fucking i i have a lot going on too sometimes i can't think of the most clever insults if i if i'm trying to figure out what my next step is you know in my legal defense yeah I i'd like- probably be hurling gay bombs at people also <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of that is like don't think of anything just call him gay i love that that got written into a movie and like like it got written like several times yeah like they were like, what should we do here? Eh, call him gay again. <laughs> what if you? It's like we did that in the last scene, and they're like, yeah, you're right. What if you call him a homo? Oh damn! <laughs> He's like, I didn't think of that. <laughs> Just checking a th- the thesaurus for synonyms for gay. Yeah, so obviously that doesn't get him out of the crime, even though we both agree that we think it should. <laughs> um, but he still gets arrested, and then what does he do? He waits for a cop to enter the cage, steals his gun, takes a hostage, escapes. Exactly what I would have done. Like a straight man would. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) He escapes. (laughs) He gets to the roof of the police station, steals a helicopter. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. Bro, my favorite part of this escape scene, though, is they run into the elevator, and then uh, they press a button, and the doors close, and then it cuts to the lobby where there's, like, 20 cops pointing their guns at the elevator, and then the door opens, and no one's in it, and they're like, oh, shit, I forgot there was 19 other floors in this building. Yeah, I I, I just love (laughs) that they assumed that, like, this fucking maniac isn't going to go for the helicopter. Yeah. Like, why would you think that? They assumed he's going for the front door. Idiots. They're like, he likes drinking and driving, not drinking and flying. We know he doesn't know how to fly a helicopter. Also, it has no gas in it. Obviously, he'll go for the bottom floor. Wrong. Instead, he goes up. He gets the helicopter. He's like, yeah, I know how to fly one of these. Last time I flew, it was in 68. Vietnam. This movie's set in like 85. (laughs) I flew one of these 20 years ago. So uh, My dad told me about it. Yeah, I can't even remember math from in high school. But this guy's like remembering how to fly a helicopter. Man, that would be. I, I feel uh, if this movie was realistic, he should have like gotten into the helicopter in the nick of time and then reali- like looked at all the fucking dials on there and been like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then just gotten shot and killed. He should have, yeah. If this movie was about my dad and me escaping a police uh, holding cell, what he would have done is got in, screamed at me to find the manual, been like, how do I fucking start it? And then got mad at me for not being able to find that in the manual, and then we would both get arrested. (laughs) If this was me and my dad doing it, uh, 
we would have gotten in there, uh, realized he didn't know how to do it. He would have gotten pissed off, then he would have made me uh, get out and watch him while he's backing up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guide me, bro. <laughs> up, up, up. Don't keep going. You're good. <laughs> up, no, up. <laughs> Don't go down. Up, yeah, yep. I forget it. I forget that dads do that. That's <laughs> one of the best things dads do is make you guide them and then get pissed when uh, like they fuck up. Oh, bro, when my dad got a uh, like a trailer and hooked it onto the back of his truck, that was almost the end of his marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad too. You know, it got to the point where uh, <laughs> uh, like he was getting so mad at my mom for giving him bad directions that he was like, "You drive, you drive this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. And he was like, "I'll give you such good directions, it won't matter. You don't know how to back this thing up." Bro, that is a universal dad move. <laughs> Somebody being like, "Hey, is this gonna take like any longer?" Because We've been out here for like six hours, and then your dad being like, "You think you could do a better job? You fucking drive." And then when, <laughs> and my, then mom, my, when my mom would drive, it would always work every time. Yeah, my mom honestly did a way better just, job. Like, because <laughs> like, moms like are patient. Dads yeah. are just like mad about something from yesterday, so they can't focus on what they're doing <laughs> right now. My mom wouldn't lose it, and my dad would give great directions to, I guess, prove her wrong or something. <laughs> so they ended up just, like, working together really well out of spite. Yeah, my dad would be so fucking mad every time it worked for my mom. He'd be like, you got fucking lucky. <laughs> Did she? Did she? <laughs> Did she get lucky? <laughs> <laughs> Did she get lucky? Because it seems like uh, this marriage was probably her biggest L. <laughs> yeah. Seems like she's really not. I guess L's stand for luck now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, they uh, fly in their helicopter away, and uh, they realize that it's out of gas, so they have to make an emergency landing just on the roof of some guy's shack in the forest. Amen. And uh, I don't know why they didn't choose to land on the ground. But anyway, they make the call to go on the roof. Yeah. A way smaller and much more difficult target to land on. Do you, maybe Bronson was just trying to flex. I'm pretty sure he's just convinced that you have to land on roofs. He's I like, I got this from a roof. I see a roof. I'm drunk right now. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Back from whence you came. Just <laughs> lands on another roof. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's not technically stealing if you drop it off in the same place you found it. I think she. he was just trying to flex on her. Like, she was yeah. panicking. She was like, can you even fly this thing he's like not only can i fly it i'll land it on a roof yeah watch fair. this uh but he lands it on a roof bad call because the roof obviously caves in it turns out it wasn't uh built to withstand the weight yeah, of a helicopter it, it turns out you could see through the boards like why would you yeah <laughs> But he, like, lands and fucking collapses, you know, and and then uh, a bunch of dudes just, like, surround him. They're like, hey, call the police. And they're like, we're not calling the police. This is a dope farm, pal. And they, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love in the 80s and weed was, like, the demon's drug. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. they're just, like, like, they've got guns on them. They're, like, smoking joints. And I just feel like weed is the wrong drug for when you're about to murder somebody. Yeah, man. Uh, like, if I had a gun pinned on someone, execution smile, and I, style, and I took, <laughs> execution smile, that's. <laughs> that's a new shirt. That's the name of my first album. And, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but if I have a gun on someone and I take a hit, it'd be like, oh, man, I bet you're actually pretty cool. Yeah. I bet you're actually a pretty chill guy. Yeah, like, is 
you have to put your gun away when you start smoking a joint because then you just want to understand why he's here, you know? Yeah. And I was like, what is your motivations for this? And I just started thinking about like how loud the gun's going to be. Like I've got my <laughs> finger on the trigger fi- thinking like this is going to scare the fuck out of me when I shoot this guy. <laughs> oh, you shoot I a guy. I'm really then... not going to like this. <laughs> you kill a guy and then immediately have a panic attack. <laughs> and you know it's going to happen. So you got to like weigh the cost, you know, like if I get in a gunfight i have to win in the first shot or because i'm down after that whether i get hit or not i'm that is way too loud for me i'm just gonna be crying about people i've wronged in the past (laughs) damn this is like when i ghosted that girl (laughs) 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 yeah so they just the girl's like you guys grow marijuana marijuana she says it in a racist accent well i think that was just how they were saying it back then <laughs> i don't think that's how they said i it. think it was dude because part of it was to demonize mexicans i think back then they were calling it grass no i think they were calling it marijuana 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 okay well oh i found out also charles bronson he was in a rip-off rip-off of casablanca guess what it's called casablanca casablanco anyway Okay. That was funny to so me. So it's like a Spanish it. Casablanca? Casablanca, but it's a boy. Um, I don't know that movie, so yeah, me we're not going to get a lot out of that. Yeah, anyway, edit that riff out. I thought it was funny to me. But did you hear that was the second greatest movie of all time, right after Casablanca? It was critically panned. Oh. <laughs> they hated it. <laughs> Everyone was just like, why did you make this? And Charles Bronson was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It was an idea. <laughs> I'm riffing. I thought of Casablanco and I worked backwards. <laughs> okay, what's next? Um, Let me check this shit. Okay, so uh, anyway, Charles Bronson gets fucking smashed over the back of the head. He's unconscious. The girl uh, is like freaking out. Arabella is her name, we should have said. Yeah. Uh, She's about to, you know, they're about to fucking, you know, all the bad guys are like coming in about to fucking assault or have their fucking way. We th- we're about I'm worrying like, is this another one of our awful rape movies that we keep watching? Yeah. But right in the nick of time, um, Charles Bronson wakes up and just fucking blasts the guys in the face. You know, he handles all of them, kills them or yep. actually, no, he doesn't even kill them. He just like dispatches them. Yeah. He knocks them down and then steals their machine. Gun. Yeah. Steals their like, AR. If I see any one of you get out of the barn, I'm going to shoot you. And it's like why didn't you 10 seconds yeah ago? why are they, they were about to like assault your friend like you should just kill them anyway but i think he didn't kill them because she kept calling him booger brain and he was like you know what i'm she, i'm gonna give her a scare yeah she's handled this <laughs> i was about to kill them that's not gonna rattle them as much as being called a booger is yeah uh so they're like driving out and you know charles bronson no loose ends so he just like guns down all their motorcycles on the way out of there <laughs> For no reason and takes off into the night. Welcome back to the official podcast of the suffrage movement. Okay, so what happens is, um, so after they uh, escape the fucking dope house, uh, Charles Bronson, he's battered, he's beaten, he's bruised. Uh, They drive off to uh, some other, you know, old army buddy's house in the middle of the forest to get patched up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he does that. They have like uh, some, I guess, you know, fucking character relationship growth. Uh, sequences and that between Charles Bronson and the girl she like makes some breakfast and serves it to him and he's just like what does he say 
He's like, if I was going to eat, I wouldn't be eating this fucking garbage. Yeah, it basically was that she serves him food and he's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, it's like a burnt omelet. And then she, after furious. he says he wouldn't eat that garbage, she's like, well, you can wear it then. And then she throws it at him yeah. and runs away. Because she's sassy. Mm-hmm. Very sassy like that. I just, I don't know. I hate, like, if anyone makes me food, I'm stoked about it 100% of the time. Yeah, I know it's better than anything I could have cooked. Absolutely. Yeah. By a lot. And uh, so he has to go out and chase her down and be like, no, baby, don't run away. You're so sexy. And uh, then uh, the fucking murderer comes by and murders his friend, frames him for yet another murder. Yeah. Af- but that's after uh, his friend gives him a gun and tells him to pursue your happiness. Is that what he says? <laughs> no. It's a paraphrase. <laughs> I'm making this movie into an allegory for the American dream. He hands him a gun and he's like, uh, follow your bliss. He's, he's like, like, hands him a gun. He's like, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, baby. <laughs> Go out and kill whoever. Yeah. Go out and kill whoever you would like to make you happy. And so they leave, and the killer follows them, right? Yeah, I don't know if she follows them or not, but like, she just keeps on kind of hunting like people he's uh, associated with. The next person she goes and hunts down is, uh, uh, it's like an old cop boss of his, I guess, like somebody else who works on the force. She yeah. like goes out on a date with him. Mm-hmm. Or actually, no, she doesn't go on, on out on a date with him. She knows that he's going out for dinner somewhere by himself. Yeah. And so he, she also goes out for dinner by herself, and they're just both eating dinner alone on opposite sides of the restaurant while she keeps staring at him, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, terrifying. It's kind of an, a beautiful scene, to be I honest. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of, it'd be cool. Be nice of that. I, I, before that, I always kind of fantasized about one of the many times I go out to eat. I go out to eat on my own a lot. Yep. I really like that experience. But sometimes I think it'd be cool if, like, some, you know, super hot babe sat down at my table and started talking to me. But now I know if she does that, it's a long con so she can murder me. Yeah. Uh, because now I know if she does that, I'm being hunted. Yeah. If a girl ever talks to me, I'm like, what's your angle? Yeah. Because she, like, takes them back to, or I guess they go back to his place and she, uh, uh, she makes him have a bath before they bang, which, <laughs> you know, very professional, very working girl of her. That You know what that means is she's about to eat his ass. It Yeah. This movie taught our parents th- about ass eating. It taught our parents about the pre-ass eat bath, it's, the all too essential ass bath. It started, it started eating ass. This yeah. movie invented it. And uh, so and, and she ends up drowning him in like the weirdest way I've ever seen it, where she just like grabs his feet and like sticks them up in the air yeah so that way his head falls back and i feel i don't know if that were me i don't think you could drown me like that you think you have a strong enough core to have your feet in the air and then also pull your head out of the water i do i genuinely i also think i would fight harder i think you would have a hard time withstanding my kicks (laughs) my powerful kicks i think uh this cop probably had ptsd so he was just like okay finally no more dreams yeah it seemed it seemed like he needed somebody like it seemed like he recruited her there specifically to help drown him yeah (laughs) like he's like hey i've been trying to drown myself i keep pussying out i need you to hold my legs so it's ever so slightly harder for me to do that it's like a weird version of a dominatrix (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> just kill me and look hot doing it, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd prefer that than, uh, you know, doing a suicide on my own. I would like to pay a woman to stab me. Yeah, and that way uh, my family doesn't have to deal with my suicide. They can just deal with me being murdered by a prostitute. Yep. <laughs> and, and that's better, I think. Everybody knows that's better. <laughs> Everybody know because then our, your parents would be like, our son was a progressive king. Yeah. <laughs> Our son uh, supported sex work. Our son wouldn't let a man kill him. No. Our Even son if kills it was men. himself. 
Oh, yeah, I will let no man kill me, not even me. Okay, so uh, after that, uh, Charles Bronson and the, his uh, girl are, like, fucking, you know, hanging out around town. They find out that they're both, like, wanted, like the yep. cops are actively after them. So uh, they uh, they decide to make their move and decide, hey, we can't keep being framed for murders. Let's handle this fucking mob boss, the guy who's doing all the murders. But little do they know, this movie's confusing as shit, and he's not <laughs> the one who's doing it. So <laughs> they uh, they infiltrate this uh, guy's uh, hotel that he lives at, which with actually a pretty fucking thorough uh, infiltration, I will say. Uh, they get uh, uh, the girl to go in and uh, seduce uh, like a guard or something there. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, you know, making out with him, being very sexy, kissing him, doing all what she needs to do to fucking infiltrate this place uh you know just by taking advantage of uh dude's horniness and uh she's like if you give me the keys i'll show you my mullet yeah (laughs) i'll cut my (laughs) shit into a mullet for you (laughs) and uh it's working well and you know she's like uh, they get into the fucking upstairs like right next to the penthouse or whatever and then for some reason they need to do another disguise to get up to the top floor (laughs) (laughs) so uh they dress her up like a pizza guy they get a box of pizza out from somewhere yeah Everybody knows that mob bosses always have boxes of pizza in their apartment. I just really love that in order to do this infiltration, they do two tropes. They're like, okay, you're going to seduce her and you're going to pretend to be a pizza guy. Yeah. It's like, uh, we also would like to put you in a trench coat, but frankly, we haven't figured out how to write that into the plot right now. (laughs) Frankly, we're out of budget space. (laughs) Uh, We'd love to give you a fake mustache (laughs) and a trench coat, but yeah. It's not working. Yeah, she starts doing all the work eventually. Yeah, she like, really is. She I mean, moves from being like the helpless person that was just handcuffed to the cop to being a complete uh, girl boss and saving the day. Because how could she not? Because I mean, at this point in the movie, Charles Bronson is super concussed and he's hammered all the time. Yeah. Like, of course, she's calling the shots. <laughs> he keeps just fainting. <laughs> yeah, spots. he's fainted twice at this point. Yeah, uh, for unrelated, you know, reason. I think just because he's old. I think he's just tired. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so anyway, she's stepping up and handling business here and they get into the mob boss's room and he's just like, uh, you know, got a fucking girl on him. Uh, the girl keeps like kissing his nipple, which is very funny. Yeah. And he's just like, can you please suck me off, please? And she just like keeps <laughs> kissing his nipples. <laughs> she thinks that's what sucking off is. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. But I don't know why you like this so much. <laughs> mob bosses are like, I like them inexperienced, but sometimes it does backfire on me. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, she keeps kissing his nipple. And that's the second uh, nipple tasting bit in this whole thing. Yeah, it was like, really... I, I think the director had a has a thing for areoli. What makes you think that? Because the fact that he can't help himself from writing dialogue about how <laughs> delicious nipples are in his yeah. movie. <laughs> Man, I'm pretty sure every movie made in the 80s was just an ex- like a director coming out of like some closet. Yeah, like man. a director just admitting to one weird fetish they have. I wish he was weirder in the dinner scenes. Like someone took a bite of food and he's like, oh, like a nice hot pair of nipples. Delicious. <laughs> oh, this tastes like breast milk. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'll get the fettuccine Alfredo. I like it creamy like my breast milk. <laughs> fettuccine al nipple, please. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, fettuccine al titty. <laughs> hey. Hey, oh, oh. Subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> Give us a fucking review. Yeah. 
Uh, but Charles Bronson just like tries to extract information out of this guy, being like, "Who killed me?" And then he's like, "Or who's killing all my friends?" And the guy's like, "I genuinely don't know what's going on." <laughs> yeah, Charles Bronson's just like shooting his gun, bam, bam, bam. Tell me what's happening, and he's just like, "I don't know." He's like, "This is a crazy energy to come into my yeah. apartment." <laughs> Do you still have the pizza, please? Listen, I know I'm a career criminal, but come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, this is my house. Come, dude. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. Um, you just killed my brother, dude. Leave me in the... St- don't yeah. show up like this. So what is he? Does he kill that guy or no? No, he doesn't end up killing him. He's just, like, trying to get information. And he's doing, like, a weird interrogation where it's, like, Russian roulette. And oh, he's yeah. just, like, he puts a bullet in his gun, spins the fucking barrel, and he's like, and there's a one in six chance you'll die now. Give me the information I need to know. Yeah, and my favorite like, part about that is he uh, starts pulling the trigger way too early. Wait! He's like, who's before- after me? <laughs> Click. <laughs> like, before he can even answer. <laughs> doesn't even give him a chance, man. Like, that's a... Uh, that definitely taught cops a couple of lessons, you know, the the one where they're like, put your hands up. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. <laughs> I think this was the put first, your hands up. first recorded incidents of that happening. Yeah. Of mumbling. Put up your hands. It's too bad cops don't have revolvers anymore, man. That Russian roulette thing has been in like a lot of movies where the cop does that as an interrogation technique. And God damn it. Like, I don't know how they get confessions now. <laughs> Uh, so what happens after that? I think, um, I think they like go and have another bro down point at this, the Charles Bronson and the girl, like after they, uh, you know, do this, uh, little attack on the mob hideout, find out it was all for nothing. Yeah. Find out that it was, uh, you know, just for the love of the game, <laughs> just for the love of the infiltration. Yeah. Uh, they're hanging out, uh, making, eating some bologna sandwiches. Bronson's like, Hey, why don't you make me one of those sandwich girl? And she's like, okay, how would you like it? And he's like, without mayonnaise. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I missed this scene. You missed that? Yeah. Oh, there, there was just a scene where she got furious at him for not wanting mayonnaise on his sandwich. <laughs> and then there was like another sequence after that where it's just like, you know, the fucking director trying to gaslight us into thinking Charles Bronson's hot. He's like, shaving you know very sensually around his mustache (laughs) like for way too long like i think it's just one of those things to beef up the movie to make it feature length like they got to the end and it's like oh it's only 39 minutes and charles (laughs) bronson's just like there's a bunch of b-roll where i don't have a shirt on (laughs) why don't you edit that in there jack why don't you add some close-up shots of my paunch (laughs) we got about four hours of nipple shots why don't you squeeze some of those in in the 80s in Hollywood, basically all they were trying to do was just convince everyone that dad bods were hot. And it still took like 30 years until anybody agreed. Yeah, I think all they had to do was stop shoving it down our throats and it became kind of taboo. Yeah. Like if you if they only gave us hot guys with like, you know, who are chiseled and they did, eventually we got bored of that. Yeah. And we're like, give us a, give us some gut. I mean, yeah. Give us, give me some gut and some strong forearms. It's no coincidence that the dad bod came into style after 21 Jump Street. Oh, yeah. Everyone saw Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, and they were like, too hot for me, dude. Give me a mix of the two. Give me something a little uh, disgustinger than that. Give me something exactly halfway in the middle of that. (laughs) 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 Give me something that looks like their son. Yeah. Um, so what happens after this? Cause my notes start to go sideways here. The fucking villain kidnaps, uh, his accomplice. Yes. 
the villain does kidnap his Takes her down to a warehouse with a crossbow. Isn't that just like the classic way to end 80s movies with a showdown at a warehouse somewhere? Well, everyone gets kidnapped in 80s movies. Like... We got to start a movie, and the whole thing is a showdown in a warehouse. Oh, fuck. That's Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make Reservoir Dogs, bro. Yeah, dude. We should make, uh, we should call it Reservoir Puppies. Take a bo- uh, page out of Charles Bronson's book. <laughs> what about Reservoir Dogs? And we get, <laughs> we get a, like, Snoop Dogg to be in it and a bunch of other rappers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a rap battle in a warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Yeah, so uh, they, 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 she kidnaps. Uh, uh, she kidnaps uh, uh, Charles Bronson's friend, uh, the, the girl you think is gearing up to be his love interest. Mm-hmm. And Bronson bites the bullet here, and he calls the cops yep. on himself. He's like, "I need backup." I and need, also, and they're uh, like, "What the? You uh, killed a bunch of us and like <laughs> uh, broke out of jail and stole a helicopter." And he's like, "Listen to me. I need backup." He's like, "I was blacked out that whole time." <laughs> yeah, and I'm really sorry about that, but I don't remember it. So <laughs> I'm not me when I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. <laughs> I don't know why you keep trying to blame this on me. <laughs> yeah. So the kidnapper puts the the sidekick at the bottom of an elevator shaft and then goes to have a showdown with Charles, right? Oh yeah, classic move. But then, uh, so Charles like gets the cops to like show up there, and they, he thinks that they're all gonna come together and arrest that bitch. And then it turns out the cops were working for the mobster who he's wronged. Yep. So now that's where the B plot comes in. Is that literally, it's unrelated apart from uh, Charles Bronson was an asshole to this mob boss. Yep. And now he is another guy he has to kill at the end who was unrelated to the rest of the plot up to this point. So Listen, brother, you disrespect the mobster's mother and you deserve what's coming to you. Yeah, so I guess that's what the lesson is in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's cool that they shoehorned that in for uh, anyone who was planning on disrespecting a mob boss at a dinner, but yeah, I wasn't planning on it. You disrespect me at the dice game or in the gambling house. You do not disrespect me at this restaurant. <laughs> so uh, he kills the he kills the cop, right? Yeah. Yeah, he kills the cop. He shoots him up. Uh, they have a nice little callback. I forgot to say at the beginning of this movie. Uh, so this movie is called Murphy's Law. Yep. Have you heard of Murphy's Law before? Anything bad that can happen will happen. All right. Have you heard of Charles Murphy's Law? Anything that get bad can happen will only happen to people who aren't me. Or Jack Murphy's Law, or whatever the main character of this movie's name is. No, what is it? Uh, don't fuck with Jack Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> he says that twice. Once at the start of the movie, once at the end, right before he kills the crooked cop. Yeah. Uh, which I love. Awesome, excellent line. He's like, I'm going to throw the book at you. And they're like, what are you talking about? You're a fugitive from justice. Right <laughs> yeah. now. He's like, but the highest law in the land is I love Jack it. Murphy's law. Yeah. <laughs> you know the, the riff that I keep telling everybody? That's the rule. <laughs> you know the excuse we invented to say the title of this movie a whole bunch of times? <laughs> yeah, well, that's coming into play now. <laughs> so he kills the crooked cop, and then the mobster comes in with his bodyguards. And now it's like a three-way battle. It's like a free-for-all. But he handles it. He shoots them all dead. It's not a fucking problem. He rescues the girl from the uh, bottom of the elevator as that's about to come down. Just in the nick nick of time, he, like, pulls them out. They're on the ground. They're breathing heavily. (laughs) Oh, we just made it. And then she gets fucking shot in the back with a crossbow (laughs) out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, she just dies. (laughs) Well, she doesn't die. That's Well, I mean, you think she dies. She gets shot in the back with a crossbow. And then... uh, 
uh, Charles Bronson like chases down the final lady. Uh, they have a big showdown with an axe, and he ends up just like letting her fall off the top of the warehouse, yeah. dying. You know, the cops ambulances come. Uh, I guess I assume he proves his in- innocence there. Yeah, not even once do you figure out why she was doing this to him either. Like, he doesn't interrogate her at all. He's just like, I'm sick of this shit, and murders her. Well, I watched it a couple of times, or, like, on the second time, I specifically watched it trying to find out why that was happening. Yeah. And uh, it was only that uh, they said it offhandedly, so offhandedly, uh, that just, uh, uh, like, years ago, uh, he was the reason that she went to jail. Oh, they didn't yeah. explain what for, how long, if there were any mitigating circumstances to her arrest. Yeah. It was just like she said to, I think, her parole officer in one of the scenes, okay. oh, yeah, this guy arrested me, so now I'm trying to kill him. And then she killed her parole and officer. And the parole officer's like, yeah, okay, just do your community service. Yeah, anyway, I don't care about that. Uh, <laughs> but do you know the line that happens right before he kills her? What? Uh, she's like... he. He has her on the banister, and she's like, go to hell. And he's like, ladies first. Oh! Our progressive bam, king, bam, bam. Charles Bronson. <laughs> the king. Yep. The master. He's the CEO of the suffrage movement. And then as they're like, you know, f- their <laughs> chivalry's not dead, but yeah. his bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and as they're being fucking ambulanced away, uh, they're like, Charles Bronson's putting the same ambulance as that girl he's friends with who got shot with the crossbow. Yeah. And she's just like got an arrow in her back and she looks up and she's like, hey, why don't you get this thing moving, booger breath, before I bleed to death back here? <laughs> you fart brain. <laughs> you fart brain, dumb garbage head. Still using like a PC as hell. Uh, let's, just get, let's get this ambulance moving, you gay homo. <laughs> it gets very homophobic all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it's like she refuses to swear, but she has no problem being homophobic. Very PC, very homophobic. And that's, that's what like, this movie's all about. Not swearing, but not being cool with gay people. This lady's like insults did not develop past a third grade level. Yeah, no, she it's just like she they she got to third grade, heard about gay people, and was like, oh, just do this is good now. I'm riding this horse for the rest of my life. Well, I think we've got that figured out. Yeah. Like I've got all the words I'm gonna call people uh, decided. Finding out about the word homo was her version of buying a Honda Civic. She's like, <laughs> I never need a new one now. So uh, I, I that that's uh, fucking Murphy's Law. What do you think of that? I think it was solid. I think. Um, it's honestly, I think it's pretty progressive as far as 80s movies go. It's weirdly progressive. It's progressive in the sense that he treats women as shitty as he treats everybody else in this movie. It's a little regressive on the whole uh, uh, LGBTQ community. I mean, him calling his wife, showing up to his wife's work and calling her a whore was pretty shitty. You're right. All the homophobic slurs are derogatory, but they are uh, calling them or, you know, saying them to cops. So I think that we can give them a pass on that. Yeah. I mean, I say in the progressive re-release, we... Uh, you know, just make sure that we identify that we only say that to cops. Yes. You know? Yeah, be very, <laughs> very clear on that. I think I think one gay bomb, and it's only with the two interrogating police officers. Yeah. And that would have been, been great. That would have served mean, this perfectly. I think, yeah, the progressive re-release should just be cops interrogating criminals and the criminals being like, I wonder why it's two boys right now. Yeah, is it because you keep kissing each other? Is it because you're you want, you're want so horny for each other? Hey, uh, how about I don't have to tell you what crime I did and uh, I won't tell anybody that you guys kissed in front of me. <laughs> Before I confess, can you take your hands off his cock, please? <laughs> how are you going to take notes of my confession while you're jacking and sucking yeah. off the other cop that you're <laughs> gay with? <laughs> okay. Okay, well, is that the end of the show or what? 
I mean, do you, what do you do? You think this shit should be remade? We just got to blow through this quick because we've got five minutes before this recorder fucks up and we yeah. lose this whole episode. Okay, I say remake it, but only call the cops gay, and at the end, give the girl the gun and let her do the final kill, and then it's a progressive masterpiece. Yeah, I also think it wouldn't hurt if everybody had crossbows in this movie. I think some more crossbows would be great. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't know what else could we have. I mean, I wish I wish that the mob played a more integral part to this. Maybe I wish, like, if the mob like contracted or contracted the chick who had a vendetta against uh, Charles Bronson, that would have been a dope plot point. But yeah, anyway, I like that there was two unrelated bad guys just after our protagonist who uh, is a piece of shit. Maybe that's something that should be taught. Uh, if you have a bad attitude and you're mean to everybody, you're gonna start a lot of unrelated enemies and feuds, <laughs> yeah. and they're all gonna come together and attack you at a warehouse. So, yeah, this movie taught our parents to treat everyone with respect. Be kind to your neighbors. Yeah. Anyway, do you have anything else you want to say? I just love that there's two dots and they don't connect them, but they do draw the lines super close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got they two <laughs> parallel parallel lines that come so goddamn close to connecting. <laughs> That's it. And they never do. All right, subscribe to our shit, follow our shit, give us a review on the old Apple Podcasts. Uh, we love you. Yeah, follow me, Keen underscore BD. Follow Brad. Also, I hate Brad. If anyone wants custom made merch, we decided we're going to do that. So we'll do giveaways to anyone who asks. I yeah, guess. yeah. Seriously, ask us about merch. Well, uh, how about well, I'll post some designs on our Instagram, and if people like vote and say what you guys like, we will make it. We've got cool designs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So fucking let us know. Talk to us. Tell us what you like, what you hate. We're on 604 Records now, baby. We shout, shout out to 604. Shout out to 604. Shout out to the hate Shouts locker out, podcast. Yes. Shouts out to Dan Duvall's hate locker podcast. Shout out to dead baby bear. Shout out to. So you ruined the party again. Shout out to the generators. Shout out to two mirrors, even though they might be canceled. Shout out to everybody. All our label mates. We love you. We're sorry that you guys think we're losers. Mwah.